consumption override. Please engage critical thinking now. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Change your thinking. Change your life. Prejudice, bias, discrimination, sexism, racism, ageism, homophobia. These all exist because we allow it. If we are not actively doing something to eradicate its existence, guess what? We are participating in its sustenance. Now, I get it. There are times when it seems as if those issues are just too big. They are too complex for little old me to tackle. So rather than fight a battle that we cannot possibly win, what do we do? We resign ourselves altogether and quietly look the other way, look the other way, look the other way. We oppress ourselves and our sense of justice and integrity for temporary comfort. It is time that we own who we are and what we are willing to accept in this society of ours. Oppression is born out of fear and disconnection. Now, we can begin to create small shifts in this paradigm by taking responsibility for who we are in the world and how we are going to treat other people. Do you believe in treating other people as they wish to be treated? Okay, the golden rule is a simple philosophy that exists in every religion and in every culture. Yes, it is expressed in different terms, in different words, but the meaning is universal. So here's my invitation for you today, and I do hope that you won't just listen to it. I hope that you'll actually take me up on it. Today, take a small step that can literally create a ripple in the universe. Step out of your comfort zone and connect with a stranger. Say hello to the person next to you in line at the store. Inquire about the day of a person that is in the elevator with you and mean it. Thank the bus driver for driving you to work. Do not allow insecurity and fear to inhibit you from being a fully loving, expressive human being. Move from a position of awareness to a position of action and put that gratitude of yours, I know you have it, put it into action. Success is a team effort. If we can all share in the fruits of success by feeding one another, we will all be more successful. So don't oppress your desire to connect. And watch what happens. Watch what begins to unfold. Anyone that knows me well will tell you, I have a trigger. A pet peeve that has the potential to make me, let's just say, momentarily unhinged. When I greet someone, when I say hello to someone, and they do not acknowledge it, if they do not respond in kind, if they do not smile, if they do not nod, if they do not do something to acknowledge my presence, yeah, I'm triggered. That 
child who felt unheard within me rises up and demands acknowledgement. Well, a few years ago, I was living in a high-rise here in Chicago. One morning, I awakened late. I was in a rush, in a bit of a mood, arguably. I walked down the hall, entered the elevator, and there was a man standing there. Now, he was of what I believe to be of Indian descent, that's how it appeared to me, and I remember thinking about how he reminded me of this Pakistani guy that I had worked with in the past, one with whom I had experienced, let's say, great difficulties. We did not get along. We did not like one another at all. Well, this guy in the elevator, I had seen him before interacting with a woman from the building. So I smiled and I said, good morning. The man just stood there, looking forward. No response. No response. Good morning, I repeated. I was determined that this motherfucker was going to acknowledge my neighborly kindness on this less than perfect day. Good morning, again. Nothing. No acknowledgement. No response. Well, that does it. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I repeated it like a crazy person as the elevator descended 23 floors to the lobby. And you know what? Not a goddamn word. I walked out of that elevator and headed to work enraged about the rudity of some people, and specifically those people, those Pakistani people. There was obviously something in their culture that led them to believe that it was okay to ignore people and to treat them with disdain, because I had had a similar experience with that guy that I had worked with, and now this asshole. So in a couple of short minutes, I was judge, jury, and executioner, sentencing this guy and an entire race and culture of people because a stranger didn't respond to my hello. Well, two days later, I saw the guy again, but this time it was a little different because I made a fascinating discovery. The man was deaf.
Jesus. Give a cast for Lord. Give a cast. Anything but black, Lord. It's like, Mom, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm black. I'm, that's just how it is. No. no, you know what? You've been hanging around black people. You've been hanging around black people, and they got you thinking you black. They twisted your mind. It's like, no, Mom, I'm, I'm black. That's just, that's just how it is. I'm like, what did I do? What did I do? I knew I shouldn't have let you watch Soul Trade. Was it Soul Trade? No, Mom, it wasn't Soul Trade, Mom. It's just, it's just who I am. I was, I was just born black. Oh, you won't born black. I don't want to hear that. Uh-uh, you won't born black. The Bible says Adam and Eve, not Adam and Mary J. Blige. <laughs>If I cannot be present without resistance to the way things are and act effectively, if I feel myself to be wronged, a loser, or a victim, I will tell myself that some assumption I have made is the source of my difficulty. One of the things in your book that that I have to say really made me laugh, and I think it's on the, the back cover of your book as well, so I, I'm just going to read it, is you say, a, a friend of mine was sitting once with two of his best friends, a couple he'd partied with long and hard during the 60s. At about 10 in the evening, the couple's 20-something daughter came home, saw them on the couch, and admonished them. You guys are so boring. You never go out. To which all three responded in unison, we were out. And now we're in. <laughs> it's so true. Now, doesn't midlife mean we have a tendency to slow down? Well, what I discuss in the book is how if you take a good look at your life, you see often how many mistakes you made because you were moving too fast. And so what I've learned in my own life is that slowing down has actually helped me. You, you know, when this adrenaline of youth, this hormonal adrenaline-driven energy of youth starts to burn away, you become a better thinker, you become more reflective, you become deeper, you become more considered. A story I tell in the book is how when I was a younger woman, there was a, there was a song that still gets played quite a bit, Otis Redding, Sitting on the Dock of the Bay. Mm -hmm. And he sings, Sitting on the Dock of the Bay, and then he goes, Sitting, sitting here resting my bones. Now, I remember when I was younger, and that song came out, and I thought, nobody sits there resting their bones. <laughs> You know what? A younger person can't even relate to the notion that you rest your bones. So later in life, I'm, I'm looking at this house with, this, with my daughter, and she says, Mommy, Mommy, come out and see the backyard. And I said, Honey, you go. You go enjoy the garden, honey. Mommy's going to just sit here and rest my bones. And I, pay, I went, Oh, my God! What did <laughs> I just say? It's come you know, I say, It's all over if I'm resting my bones. So then I got, I sat there, and I thought, You know what? I am resting my bones. And you know what? I'm enjoying just sitting here. And I remembered how when I was younger, <clears throat> I used to go to Vipassana meditations, Buddhist retreats, mm -hmm. and the goal was to be able to just sit there. And now it's not hard to do. I can just sit here and feel I don't have to perform, I don't have to achieve, I don't have to jump up and please anybody. I'm not running around like a chicken with my head chopped off. And so what I say in the book is that what this generation could do from our rocking chair could rock the world.
because we are in more of a position. You know, it might be a physical decline in certain ways, but it's a spiritual incline. We actually can go deeper. When you're not, quote-unquote, doing so much, you can, you can, with your spirit, soar even higher. Well, you know, speaking for myself, I know that, that many times, um, as I alluded to, even earlier this week, I become consumed with the woulda, shoulda, coulda of what I might have been, what I should have done, blah, blah, blah. You know, one of the things that I found so inspiring about your book is that you, as you've been speaking about a little bit, invite us to consider that whatever powers we might lose with age are small compared to the powers that we stand to gain. You know, Mark, it's interesting what you were just saying about the woulda, shoulda, coulda. This year on New Year's Eve, I, I made a commitment to myself, and I was with a girlfriend, and I said, you know what, no more. I have spent the last year or two, oh, if only I had. Oh, my God, I was so stupid to do that. Oh, you know, uh, you know, all the woulda, shoulda, couldas, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I said on New Year's Eve, no more languaging it like that. You'll never hear me. I mean, I'm sure there will be exceptions, but my commitment to myself was to the best of my ability. I'm no longer going to say, oh, I messed up there. I should have done that. And now it will be languaged in that situation from which I learned so much, blank, 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 occurred. (laughs) Instead of, in that situation, well, I messed up so badly, will now be languaged in that situation from which I learned so much, (laughs) and which can now, you know, fuel my greater understanding. Just the languaging of it, because every time we language it like woulda, shoulda, coulda, we are like putting a bludgeon into our own hearts. And what The Course in Miracles says is that, Whatever lesson you messed up when you were 30 or 40 or 50, it's coming back around again. And when it comes back around, because that's the nature of the universe, by definition, if you think you messed it up, by definition, it was a lesson you didn't learn at the time. But the way evolution of the universe operates, whatever lesson you didn't learn, it's coming back around. It might be in another town. It might be with more players. But the way it works metaphysically is that if you get it right this time, there will be even more ways that it can be used to bless you and others now. And the other side of that is if you get it wrong next time, it will have ever more harsher consequences every time you get it wrong. Well, it's both the gift and the curse. It's coming back. Well, it's, it's not a curse in any <laughs> no, way. Know, it's, it's, it's a gift and an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Sitting in the morning sun I'll be sitting when the evening comes Watching the ships roll in Then I'll watch them roll away again Yeah, I'm sitting on the dock of the bay Watching the tide roll away Sitting on the dock of the bay, wasting time. I left my home in Georgia, headed for the Frisco Bay. Cause I've had nothing to live for, and look like nothing's gonna come my way. So I'm just gonna sit. On the dock of the bay Watching the tide roll away I'm sitting on the dock of the bay Wasting time Look like nothing's gonna change Everything still remains the same 
grasping my bone And this loneliness won't leave me alone It's two thousand miles I roam Just to make this dock my home Now I'm just gonna sit at the dock of a bay Watching the tide roll away Sitting on a darker bay, wasting Now, forgiveness really seems to play an important role in our ability to age gracefully, you might say. Can you speak to that a little bit? Well, there are things that it's kind of going back in that category of the woulda, shoulda, coulda, this whole idea of past regrets, things we carry from the past. I've met people who are stuck in a sense of victimization and this kind of anger, this emotional rut based on what somebody did to them, some spouse who left, somebody who victimized them 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you start to ask yourself, you know, who's the real enemy? Is the enemy what that, per- that person who did that to me 20 years ago? Or is the real enemy not that person inside myself who has allowed 20 years to pass and I still haven't gotten over it? So forgiveness means, as The Course in Miracles says, reinterpreting what happened. The love you gave, the love someone else gave you, and everything else was just the personal nightmares two people were going. And I tell a story in the book about a friend of mine named Gina who went through a divorce. And, you know, it was really a terrible divorce for her. She thought she had a good marriage. And after 11 years, all of a sudden, her husband says, I want out. Now, I've never seen a relationship where, you know, two people's issues were not involved, so I'm not making a judgment about anything that that occurred here. But what I saw that was so inspiring is the way Gina, although she went through terrible pain, and it was a year of hell for her, but I watched how she worked so hard on a metaphysical level. She worked so hard spiritually to forgive this, to keep her heart open to him, to not move into thought forms of victimization and anger. I'm not saying she never was tempted by those, that she never succumbed to those, but I watched her really work a spiritual path of forgiveness and keeping her heart open. Now, two things occurred because of this. Number one, they were able ultimately to be friends again. Number two, it didn't harden her personality. She didn't become a bitter, jaded woman. She became even more supple. I watched her become a more beautiful woman. And I watched love kept rushing in. My daughter and I used to laugh about what a man magnet she was. <laughs> now, I watched a lot of men and women go through that same experience, and they become hard, and they become hardened. And then love seems to be repelled. You know, Love doesn't get attracted to them anymore because they became hard. So forgiveness is so important, not just so that you can have peace, but so that you can have love again. You know, you always feel it at the end of things, like, you know, that was the only one for me. That was my only opportunity. If, if somebody took my money, that was the only opportunity I had. If someone took my job, that was the only opportunity I had. If that love left me, that was the only opportunity I had. But if you look at nature, nature is, from a metaphysical perspective, is infinitely elastic, infinitely elastic. The Course in Miracles says there is no order of difficulty in miracles. And that's why if you stand on the miracle. You stand on the belief that if your heart is aligned with love, everything new can begin again. Everything that passed will pass away and the universe will provide. And if what happened, if you allowed what happened, 
to make you a gentler person, a more humble, a more grateful person, a more appreciative person. I mean, look, if somebody did victimize you that you need to forgive, a very important question is, what part did you play in that disaster? What part did you play, even if it was just that you made it easy for them to do it? That's what you want to do is learn your part so that things can begin again. Right, and so much of the forgiveness, it seems, is forgiving yourself. Forgiving yourself? Yes. Absolutely. So do you think that our ability to embrace the stage of life at this time in history is important for the world at large? And, and if so, why? Well, it's important for two reasons. First of all, because it's what's happening. We are living longer. So it's important for us because if you look at your life and you go, I'm going to have another 20, 30 or more good years here, then you have to make a decision. You make an existential decision. Am I going to just be on this sort of cruise button to death and just get more resigned and more sort of dowdy every day and just limit my possibilities? That's a decision every individual has to make for themselves. But there's another issue here, and that has to do with the state of the world. This is an all-hands-on-deck type of moment. Everybody is needed now because... Western civilization, human civilization, is like a Titanic headed for the iceberg. We have to turn the ship around, and we have to do it quickly. I don't think anybody can feel truly satisfied deep in their heart right now if they don't feel that they are contributing to this great churning. Of and younger people have a particular part to contribute here, and older people have a particular part to contribute here. Each and every one of us, based on what our life experience is, our particular window onto reality, I think younger people are coming from this vision of the future and what they can give. And I think older people bring to it also a lot of wisdom based on what we have already seen. Not the least of which is that if you are a certain age, you remember Bobby Kennedy, you remember Martin Luther King, you remember a time that was more hopeful. And so we can help contribute that greater hope today. This is a, an amazing moment. In you. I think it's an amazing moment in America. And uh, we're either headed for a new dark ages or for a new age of light. It, it's going to be one or the other. Mm -hmm. And I don't think any of us can feel deeply satisfied now or on the day of our death unless we take part in this great revolution one way or the other. Stop existing. Start living. Take the pill. Side effects reported include increased consciousness, heightened awareness, unlimited gratitude, and unbridled joy. People have reported uncontrollable toketting, singing in elevators, and dancing with abandon from listening to the pill. Live a life that you were meant to live. Take your prescription for success. Listen to Mark Ward in the Pill Daily. Take your fucking pills! Change your thinking. Change your life. It was one spring afternoon when he was walking down the hallway in his high school. It was a Thursday. He heard it coming from one of the first string varsity football players standing by his locker. Fag. The teammates surrounding him laughed. They always laughed. Loud, enthusiastically, joyfully. He had heard it a million times before. This certainly was not the worst, most incendiary or creative attempt at bullying in his vast experience as one of the bullied. But for reasons that are unknown to others, and even to him, this day was different. On this day, he would no longer accept an unchallenged attempt at belittlement, even from a Neanderthal anointed by the people as king. So, he turned around, walked back, parted the crowd and from his tiny 5-7 frame, looked up into the eyes of the chiseled barbarian and said, What did you say to me? 
the audacity of one who could be crushed with the finger of any athlete was met with silence. An uncomfortable silence. This. This is what shock sounds like. White noise. They stared into one another's eyes, one filled with rage, the other with astonished curiosity. Does he have a knife? He was me. And my life changed that day. I realized that I wielded the power of fearless confrontation, unexpected, disarming, and lethal. No one fucked with me ever again. It always comes down to this, always. Is the pain of where you are greater than the discomfort of what it's going to take to move you out of it? It is a question that you are answering every day with your thoughts, words, and actions. So why not be clear about your answer? This is the pill, your daily dose for what ails you. You know what else exists because we allow it? Cyberbullying, harassment, antagonism, all of that that happens right here on Anchor. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Sometimes it's just as simple as taking action. It doesn't have to be something so monumental as you said, but turning the other cheek and turning a blind eye doesn't solve anything. Hey Danger, thanks for the call. Now this is one that for me gets very, very tricky. Cyberbullying is difficult because I think it requires a person to define bullying because from my perspective, bullying is an act that inflicts harm on another person where one person has power over the other person. And given that anchor is being used by adults, I think I hold a different standard to what actually constitutes bullying. Now harassment, that's a whole different animal. If someone is trolling, if they're leaving hateful messages, you know, that are unacceptable, that should all be reported. Now what I have seen on anchor, and you know, I've probably seen very little of what goes on here, is people making inferences, innuendos, providing editorial digs at other people without naming names, you know, creating URLs to try to get a rise out of someone. To me, that is juvenile, petty, ridiculous junior high behavior. And those, to me, are also cries for attention at some level, and it's just not befitting of grown-ass people. For those people, to me, the best medicine is to simply ignore it. Don't listen to it. Block it, if you need to, to keep from hearing about it. But I don't think that you can regulate someone's opinion, even if it's nasty, and even if it's about you, which no one likes, if your name is not mentioned. When I hear it, I'm not going to feed it. I'm not going to get involved in it. It's junior high business, and I'm not in junior high. So as an adult, someone's negative opinion about another person, warranted, unwarranted, fair, unfair, understandable, it's an opinion. What someone else thinks of me is none of my business. Now, if they are talking about me without mentioning my name, even if there are some who know to who, of whom they are speaking, 
I don't really consider that to be cyberbullying. I consider it to be rude, infantile, abhorrent behavior, certainly. But I don't know if that constitutes cyberbullying, because I don't know if they're really exercising a power over you, not mentioning your name, that can really have any influence. I have been a victim of cyberbullying, and I will talk about that in the next segment for anyone who's interested in hearing it. I was a victim of this kind of behavior years ago. There was a guy that you know later turned out to be a colleague of mine, a friend actually, a guy who worked for me, who stole my credit card number and used it in a fraudulent scheme to steal money from other people, soliciting them to get an upgrade to a program. And the way that I found out about it is I received a call from a reporter doing an investigative piece on cyber fraud who had traced this action to me and called me for a comment. Well, needless to say, that was a little alarming. He also set up a website uh, dedicated to me, how ugly I was. I don't know what was on this website, but apparently some kind of images, and created a way for me to receive messages directly from the site with everyone's comments about how hideous I was. So I would receive multiple emails uh, with comments throughout the course of the day talking about how disgusting I was. He was able to clone my work email, and mind you, this was PricewaterhouseCoopers. This was not a small company, and this enabled him to contact anyone in what appeared to be an email from me, business colleagues, close friends, family, anybody, because he could get into my address book. So he would send me emails from me, and these emails had a countdown to my birthday, which was coming up. When something was going to happen to me, and it inferred some kind of violence or death, and each day, uh, you know, I would receive an update to the countdown. And I would receive hang-up calls throughout the night at home. I was being terrorized. This was a circumstance where I eventually knew who the source of the actions were. He was no longer working there. Um, the evidence was clear, and it was indisputable. This was a case that was interfering with my life, my well-being, my reputation, everything. So it wasn't just somebody's negative opinion of me being voiced in the public sphere. This was a case where I had to lay down the law with mutual friends. It was not a case where I don't like him so you can't either. It was a case of this person is terrorizing me. They are threatening my life. Here is the evidence. So if you are my friend, that cannot be okay with you, or we cannot continue this relationship. So I think it's tricky when you're dealing with adults. If the other person is not in a situation of power over you, if they cannot interfere with your livelihood or your mental well-being, because on you know places like Twitter and and um, anchor and things like that, you can block people. I mean, now granted, it's one thing if they're threatening your life and all those kinds of things. It is a tricky business. I would not want to be the one who has to decide these things for these apps. I don't know, Danger, it's tricky. Right. But who are you, or even I, to determine and decide what inflicts harm on someone else? physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. So, 
We could say the same thing about many of the other topics that you covered in this conversation. Who makes the decision on what crosses the line? Who does that? So if someone feels bullied, feels harassed, feels trolled, shouldn't that be enough? I mean, either we're taking a stand or we're not. Either we're part of the solution or we're part of the problem. You can't pick and choose what you're going to stand up for and what you're going to fight for and then, you know, just be like, oh, well, you know, it doesn't affect me, so I'm not going to get involved, right? I mean, if we want justice, it should be for everyone. You asked, who am I to decide? Well, let me tell you. I am the primary decision maker on where I direct my energy, my actions, my activism, and who will be the recipient of my advocacy. And for me, comparing groups of marginalized people to an adult who feels harassed on an internet app, that is not a fair comparison and one that quite frankly makes me angry. Should someone's feelings be enough? Absolutely not. The truth of someone's experience makes their reality valid, no question about it, and one that needs to be managed by them. That does not necessitate societal participation unless, unless it's a symptom of a systematic ill. And in the case of a technology application with adult users like this, and, and that is what we're talking about here, correct? The one who decides is the one who manages the terms of service for the application. It is a shared responsibility between the one who is feeling harassed and the team that manages the application. This is not a job where someone's performance, productivity, and livelihood is inhibited by someone else's behavior. This is not a societal obstacle that prevents one from receiving goods or services or equal treatment because of who they are. This is a voluntary recreational application where you are given the ability to come and go as you please, to block those who you would prefer not to hear from, and it comes with buttons that enables you to stop fast forward or pass by another station. In the issues that I spoke about, homophobia, sexism, ageism, racism, we have the constitution and some laws to use as at least a guide and there is data that can be utilized to substantiate deviations and inequalities. We don't stop with someone's feelings, not that they're not valid, but we don't stop there with the one who feels victimized. We look at the evidence. And again, this is not invalidating a person's feelings. It is about the societal adjustments that must be made, if any, to prevent further occurrences. And yes, you can pick and choose what you stand and fight for, and I would suggest that we all do, as we should. It's a big world with a whole lot that needs to be tackled, and if cyberbullying and internet harassment of adults is the cause for which you are impassioned, I would applaud that fight. Amen to you. Go have at it. But that is not my cause, and it's not my passion. And I am the one who makes that decision. So yes, I do stand for some things apparently, 
and not for others. It's not that I'm applauding injustice. It's just that I am not impassioned about the issue of adult harassment on the internet, if that makes any sense.